Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, everyone. All right, I heard you in Philadelphia. Let's go. Hello to everyone at PT. Go Eagles today. It's okay, guys. We're family. Okay? One of our brothers wore his Bears shirt just on principle today. Hallelujah. Amen. Someone asked me, what teams do you cheer for? I said, I cheer for the teams that my people cheer for. So, <laughs> so Chicago and Philly, let's go. Amen. Yes, yes. Amen. Okay, I'm so excited about um, today's message. I feel like we've been walking through this very methodical process. And today is um, the second layer of learn, live, give. Everyone say learn, live, give. I'm telling you right now, that is the, um, the natural process of growth as a Christian. You learn it, you live it, and you give it. And so we've been doing layers. We're going to be talking about this all year long. If you look at the Bible with this in mind, you will see it's all over the scriptures, by the way. Now, um, last week we did learn, and um, uh, we talked about being coachable. And part of the reason why that's so important is because coaches add to your life. Coaches add to your life. And I've been, I was thinking about this. Today I actually have a special guest here. Um, so I've had three significant coaches in my life. My dad was my first coach, mom and dad. But my dad was like such a significant player. He like, you know, in a crazy, crazy neighborhood, my dad was such a hard working, responsible man. It made all the difference for me. My friends didn't have a dad like I did, but it was, it was such a, I mean, forget about the fact that if I got in trouble, I, was, I would be in real trouble with my dad. But his work ethic was so phenomenal. And um, so my dad, and then I got saved. My dad never taught me spiritual things, but then I got saved. And then I started going to Brooklyn Tabernacle. And um, then Pastor Simbla was my next coach, impacted my life spiritually. I, I actually watched him yesterday as he spoke at the National Prayer Breakfast. It was maybe a week ago, but I actually watched it yesterday. I've been meaning to do that. And I was so blessed and, in a sense, proud in the Lord of my spiritual father, the way he spoke to the leaders of our nation. And I was so grateful because uh, um, the whole ethic of seek first the kingdom of God, I feel like he and the other leaders at the Brooklyn Tabernacle, they've put it on display for us as, as well as anyone. I've read a lot of church history. They've, they've just done it so well and it made a huge impact on my life. And then when Christy and I first got married, um, the Lord brought another key person. His name, I call him Brother Mike, Mike Messner. And um, out of all the days that he could be visiting, he's actually here today. And he's been such 
a huge coach so many times saying, I think you should do this, or I think you're wrong, Al. This is not right. You're not thinking right about this. And he's played such a huge role. You may or may not, you don't understand it, but he's even shaped this ministry, this church. And he actually is here today. And I want to just honor him. Brother Mike, could you stand? Come on, let's put our hands together for Brother Mike Messner. I can't even tell you how much I, I love him just as much as I love my own, my own late dad because of the huge role that he's played in my life. But here's, here's kind of where I want to take this, okay, from last week to this week. You see, learning is, uh, um, you learn and then you live. Learn and live is all about adding to your life. You add things. You add what the Lord is teaching you. What you add to your life is the difference maker. We have to learn how to value the new things. Listen to me in Philadelphia if you're watching online. If you want to have a powerful 2023, let me tell you where the power is. The power is it lies in you adding the things that God is giving to you. You have to add it. So, for example, if you get a new car or a new watch or, or new, a new tennis racket, if you're into tennis, or new golf clubs, you can value those new things in a certain way. It's easier. But valuing spiritual things, emotional things, principles of truth that are really, really powerful, it requires a certain kind of sensitivity. It requires a certain kind of like a focus and attention when it comes to these spiritual things. And like think about the, uh, think about, think about uh, uh, Nathaniel. Somebody comes to Nathaniel and says, I found the Messiah. He's from Nazareth. He says, can anything good come from Nazareth? And he's like, come along, let's go see. And, and think about all of the people who live, some chose not to follow Jesus. And cho some chose to follow him and to look and discover and receive the new things. He was saying, the kingdom of God is upon you. The kingdom of God is here now. And some people received. They let it become like this divine addition to their life. And others did not. And so how we treat the new is massive, it's huge, because God's new. Everyone say God's new. God has new things for us. You understand? God's new is meant to add to you. It's meant to transform you and to bless you into a life of fruitfulness. Now let me read the two verses of the day to really hammer this down on the promise and the word of God. First, Isaiah 43, 19. I believe that my wife quoted this, but it was a very prophetic thing. Uh, many months ago, she said this. There was, a, there was something very prophetic upon, uh, upon it, and I believe it even speaks to this moment. Look at what the Bible says here. I, I, Isaiah 43, 19 says, Behold, I am doing a new thing now it springs forth, and watch this, do you not perceive it? See, it requires this sensitivity to discern, to perceive. 
My prayer today is that no one who's listening will miss the new. Come on, don't miss the new thing that God wants to do. How many would say amen, God? Bring on the new in the name of Jesus. When you go home, I want you to study these verses. I want you to meditate on these verses and apply it to your life. So what? Do you not perceive it? And here's what he's saying. Here's what God is promising. I will make a, uh, make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. So what God is saying is don't, get, uh, don't let what you don't have or don't let where you find yourself, the desert or, or the, the wilderness, don't let that be a stumbling block because from that very place, God can bring forth the new. Now, practically speaking, this is the main text of the day. James chapter 1, beginning with verse 22. This is super practical. Watch this. It says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Okay, we're getting into the nitty-gritty of today's message. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. It's in the living. It's not in the head, it's in the living. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror. And after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently, everybody say intently. Whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it. Don't take the yoke off, right? Keep that life vest on. Yoke moments, we've been talking about this. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go back and listen to the last three or four messages. Okay, stick with Jesus, continues in it. Not forgetting what they heard, but doing it. They will be blessed in what they do. So the title of the message today is Living Part 2. And we have to value the new. Are you valuing the new thing that God is trying to bring to you? I want to suggest to you today that God loves you so much, that God does speak, that God is near. He's the friend that sticks closer than a brother. Does anybody believe that in this place? Come on, let's praise him because he's near and he's close. Hallelujah. So in light of that, we have to be sensitive to the new things that God is trying to say. Not the old things. The old things got you where you are. But you don't want to stay where you are. You want to go where God wants to take you. And what has to happen is you've got to receive the new. So look, I, I was uh, in Philadelphia last week, and my oldest, Susie, Married to a pastor, two kids. She was leading in worship. She never led worship here. But you know what? Just out of the providence of God, the circumstances of her life, the, the call of God, my wife said, I, you need to do this just for a season, but, I, but, but you need to do this. And she's, she's just stepping out and doing it, right? So people see her, and she's, she's doing a great job and, and learning and changing and growing. But see, I think back, not to the day that, Seven weeks ago when my wife said, hey, for now, I want you to lead in worship. 
But I think back to when she was like 17 or 18. I'm going to pray in a moment. And my wife said to her, Sue, you need to go get a job at Starbucks. Sue's very shy, very quiet, good student, very uh, submissive and obedient. And uh, my wife was like, you got to go get a job at Starbucks. She's like, Mom, I don't really want to. No, I want you, I, I need you in that space. You need to be rubbing with people. You need to do that. And she's like, okay, Mom, you know, one of those things. And I remember going to Starbucks and watching her making drinks and doing all of these things. And what's your order? Yes, ma'am, and, and all that. And watching that, like, bring her out of her shell so that years later, God builds on the moments. So that years later, when, when, when her mother says again, listen, now step up, get in front of people, sing, put yourself out there. You think this stuff is easy? It's not easy. Put yourself out there. And she's like, I've, I've, I've done this before. You understand? God is your coach. And there's things that he's whispering today, brothers and sisters. There are words that he's whispering today in the here and in the now that it may not seem like a big thing, but it's building towards the great thing. How many know God has great things for us? Our too hard is his too wonderful. Hallelujah. But if you want the too wonderful, it's step by step. It's day by day. It's receiving the new. So let me pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I lift up all of my brothers and sisters in my hearing. I lift up people online. I lift up everyone in Philadelphia, Lord. We thank you that your spirit hovers over all. And God, I pray that this would be one of those moments, one of those days where your word breaks through at a level that literally changes us. And God, I pray that your word would help us to value like pure gold, like precious treasure, the new things that you want to do. I pray that by the power of the Holy Spirit, no matter what our past was, no matter, no matter what fears we might have had or, or what bondages, Lord God, we've experienced, I pray that your word would be powerful today. And that the spirit of the living God would help us to really deeply receive the new thing you want to do. So God, bless this time. Um, God, bless my feeble lips. And Lord, we want to have a meeting with you today. In the mighty name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen, amen and amen. Hallelujah. So the, the text is really giving us incredible advice about the new. And here's what James is really telling us. What he's telling us is that the way God changes us is first through a new awareness and then second through new practices. Okay, there's a new, this is how he's declaring it. And th today, one of the things that we're going to do is lay out, are you really receiving the new and valuing the new? Here's how it happens. It begins with a new awareness, and then it translates into a new practice. 
Now look, J. Adams, who's a Bible scholar slash psychologist, talked about the biblical process of change. And I want to throw this up for you. It's kind of like a four-part process here. And so it begins with teaching. Okay, so teaching means that you are receiving information. So it's learn, live, and give. God doesn't expect us to know everything, but he's built this, all of creation is built around, uh, around us as human beings, learning and changing and growing. From the time we're young to the, to the time we see him, we can keep on learning, changing, and growing. But it begins with like teaching, with information, and it's, it's like there, but that's just learning. Information is learning, but we need to know the difference between learning and living. This is where the devil trips a lot of people up. So here's what he says. What he says is it's learning information, but then there's conviction. Everyone say conviction. And conviction means that you read your Bible, for example, or you hear someone, Brother Mike might give me some advice, and I'm like, oh, snap, I never heard that before. Or, or, or uh, uh, you know what, I never thought about that. Do you know how many times I've been talking to Brother Mike, I say, wow, I never, I never looked at it that way. But when that comes into my mind, or into my heart, or when, when something new comes inside of you, when you actually start living is when you receive it as a new conviction. So all of a sudden, you say in your heart, I felt this way, I thought this way, but what that is saying is true, and I bend my will to it. So like your heart goes like this. Okay? I bend my will to it because... I'm convicted by that. I'm convinced that that's true. You don't, you can take information, but if you're quoting information, if it doesn't create a new conviction to the point that you're like, oh, snap, this is real. This is true. I need this. You're not really living. It's just information. And sometimes, sometimes we can talk about stuff like we're living it, but we're not living it. Because it's not a real conviction in us. Because if it was a real conviction in us, then guess what? We would be living in alignment or, like, or at least moving in alignment towards that. Watch this. So then there's a correction where all of a sudden you actually start to do things differently. It's a new, there's a new practice that comes along. And um, like, again, in, in my mind... I think back to when I first walked into the doors of a church, never growing up. Maybe this happened for you. And people are worshiping, and I'm like, what is wrong with these people? <laughs> these people are crazy, you know. But meanwhile, that same day, someone said something, perhaps like Chrissy, hey, we cheer for the, back in New York, we cheer for the Yankees, we cheer for the Eagles, we cheer for the Cubs. That makes sense. <laughs> See? <laughs> Come on. It's in, it's that, that's down deep. <laughs> that is down deep. Right? Everybody in Philly, someone shouted Cubs, but. So we're going to get there. We've been there once <laughs> in 100 years. But let's keep on going. We're getting distracted. Okay? But here's the thing. So there's this moment 
where I'm listening and I'm like, wow. I've, I've shouted at, at the TV watching a baseball game. And now Jesus is real to me. Shouldn't I praise him too? Come on, shouldn't we praise Jesus? Come on, put your hands together right now. Let's practice it. In your house, at Philadelphia, hallelujah. King Jesus, you're worthy. You're worthy, you're worthy. That makes more sense to me now. That's more powerful to me now. So all of this is happening. I work at the Beacon. Forgive me for all of the personal references, but I was working at the Beacon Theater. All of these bands are coming through. And and I'm telling you right now, every time this new band came up, those people were worshiping along with them. They weren't worshiping Jesus. So let the world worship their gods, but let the church of Jesus Christ worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Hallelujah. But see, there's a progression with that. There's an understanding. You're like, oh, snap, that's true. And then you start. You start to worship God, and then it's the most natural thing to you. Right? It can be, today it might be weird, but you can get to the place where the most natural thing for you to do is to say, Hallelujah, Jesus, I worship you. But it's little by little. It's a new, it's, it's, it's this process where you then even submit to the discipline of it. So what I want to do is I want to break down this principle today, and I want to break down, I'm really breaking down James and... Um, And really try to give us an understanding of what does it mean to have a new awareness and what does a new practice look like. So first, let's begin with a new awareness. Now here's what the Bible says about us having a new awareness. It's saying that a new awareness or personal change requires a mirror and a filter. Okay, it requires a mirror and a filter Uh, Listen to this. Leave that slide up, but I want you to listen to this. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. What the Bible is saying here is that God's word wants to be like a mirror for us. And the mirror is very, very helpful. How do you look in the word of God? How do you respond to the mirror of the word of God? Here's one of the things that I've discovering even more and more, uh, even in the last year, and it's this. Seeing yourself sometimes takes time. Sometimes seeing yourself is not that easy, but seeing the truth is easy if you're open. All you have to do is say, this is what the Bible says. And how many know God is true? God's word is true. Somebody say amen to that, right? His word is true. And so if you could get it into your head that the word of God is a mirror for you to look at and think about the purpose of a mirror, the purpose of a mirror is to set you right. If your hair is messed up, you know, you don't want to go to the office with your hair like this, right? Brothers, you need a little gel sometimes. 
Imagine, imagine the sisters going to the office with curlers or those clips and all those kind of contraptions, right? That's not the point. But you look in the mirror, and the mirror lets you know. Do you know that some psychologists have talked about the reason why gyms are full of mirrors is actually for the real purpose is so that people won't hurt themselves. Because when you work out and you're lifting weights, the wrong form can injure you. But the right form can make you strong, right? And the right form is good for you. The purpose of the mirror, now some people, they work out like all the wrong ways and then they look in the mirror and they're going like this and all that, but that's not the purpose of it. Do you understand? What they need to do is check their form. The word of God is the way that you and I check our form. Um, um, come on, can we praise God for his word? You know, I learned this from playing sports. Uh, um, when, you're, when you're being coached, here's what happens. A lot of times... Your body fights your brain. So you're doing something and the coach is saying, that's not right. right? I, this happens so many times. The coach is saying, uh, I, you're throwing the ball wrong. And I'm like, I just did what you told me to do. He said, no, you didn't. So throw it again. And I look at him. See, he was like, wrong again. <laughs> I remember. And then that's it. You see that feeling? Register that feeling right there. Register. That's the way to throw. If you throw like that, you won't get hurt. If you throw like that, this will happen. So coaches, right, they're trying to help us. There are all of these tools that God provides for us. The word is a great tool because a lot of times you think that you're right, but you're not. John Bevere put it this way. Listen, listen to this. John Bevere said, deception is a scary thing. Why? Because it's deceptive. A person who is deceived believes with all his heart that he is right when in reality he is wrong. Anybody here want to say, Lord, just save me from myself, oh God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Save me, Lord, from myself. So listen, the mirror is the way you you, it lowers your risk of injury. It gets you on that platform of blessing. In sports, this is amazing. In sports, your body will fight your mind. But in life, sometimes your mind and your heart will fight the Holy Spirit. So God is saying, do it this way. You're like, but I, that's not the way we used to do it in our family. That's not what I learned. That's not what they say at the university. I'm telling you right now. Professors come and go, but Jesus is alive forever. Come on, somebody say amen. Put the word of God, put the word of God above everything else. And it will transform your life. You will be blessed, the Bible says. Hallelujah. The word is also sort of like a filter. The word is like a filter so that when you're taking stuff in, you could filter whether it's good or bad for yourself. There is this straw 
that they have invented and um, it's, it's called a life straw. Whoever did this is an absolute genius. And so in parts of the world where the, the water is dirty, you know the impact of dirty water? It kills millions of people. Little children so perpetually sick, villages perpetually sick because water is life. But this life straw, it has all of these filters in it. And if you take in the water, so watch this, so watch this. That water in his right hand goes through the filter, becomes that water. So that water in his right hand goes through the filter, becomes that water. How many know every time you open up the Bible, the Bible becomes that filter so that when stuff comes in, it cleans it out. How many praise God for his word? We need the word of God. We need the word of God. We need the word of God. Take your issues, take your stuff, and don't say, I feel. Say, the word says. If you're, if you're in disagreements, if they could send me a, a, a keyboard player. If you're in disagreements all the time, and, um, uh, and you, in your disagreements, the best that you could muster is, I feel. I'm telling you right now, you're not on the right footing. You need a different filter. The filter we need is the Bible says. And when we say the Bible says everything gets better, everyone gets better because the word of God is holy and powerful. It feeds us. It nourishes us. We need to apply the word of God. May the word of God be our filter. Every decision, every choice, all things, let God be true and all men a liar. And so, but, but if... If, if you are using the word of God properly, it should be creating a new awareness. What are the new things that God is showing you right now? I want to encourage you to journal and speak about the new things and think about and meditate. What are the new verses, the new truths, the new ways? If you want to grow in God, behold, he promises, I'm going to do a new thing. A new, a new work in marriages. How many believe he can transform marriages? A new work in marriages. Hallelujah. He can do a new work in the heart of someone who's addicted to alcohol or addicted to drugs. How many know the Holy Spirit is more powerful than that, but we need the power of his word to bring change? New state of emotions. God can take us from confusion to clarity. How? Through the word. When you start saying the word says, the word says, I receive the word. You pray the word. I'm believing for the word. I rebuke you. I reject that lie, Satan. Somebody needs to say, get thee behind me, Satan. I reject that lie. That's not in the word. Your life changes. Your life changes. It's just that powerful. We're going to talk some more about this next week. But this is laying the groundwork for that. So remember, it's a new awareness. Everyone say new awareness. Let's pray for each other. Let's be praying. When you think about the church, when you think about the leaders, pray. Think about Philadelphia. Philadelphia, when you think about Chicago, say, God, give us, give us the new things that you want us to see and hear and understand. And then apply or 
practice so that our lives will look different. So, part two is a new practice. A new practice. Okay, things are not going to change if you don't change what you're doing. We need a new practice. God, Holy Spirit, what are the new practices? Any issue, any challenged area of your life, God, there's a word, there's a truth, there's a new awareness, and there's a new practice. How do you deal with that? Listen to this. There's a book out called Atomic Habits. It says, making a choice that is 1% better or worse is insignificant in the moment, but over the span of moments that make up a lifetime, these choices determine the difference between who you are and who you could be. If you want to predict who or where you'll end up in life, if you want to predict where you'll end up in life, all you have to do is follow the curve of tiny gains or tiny losses and see how your daily choices will compound 10 or 20 years down the line. Tiny gains or tiny losses. And you know what it is? It's just do the next best thing that God told you to do. Don't get off the path. Keep the yoke on. Remember, Jesus is our teacher. He says, learn from me. Jesus is our coach. He says, I'll be with you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Just stick with Jesus. Day by day, choice by choice, little things add up to a lot. And so to close this message, I want to kind of give you two frameworks, okay? Framework uh, um, is about kind of developing your skills in life. And framework number two is about developing yourself social, emotional, spiritual. So here it is, okay? When it comes to developing a new skill, I want to encourage you to put your energy and your efforts into the power of 20 minutes. Everyone say 20 minutes. 20 minutes. The power of 20 minutes. You want to learn something new? You want to bring change? You want to change the way you, you feel? 20 minutes. You work out for 20 minutes, three or four times a week. I'm telling you right now, you go out 90 days, and you'll be like, oh, snap. I actually can do 40 minutes. 20 minutes. 20 minutes of reading. 20 minutes of, of A or B or C. Just 20 minutes, 20 pages a day. Do you know how many books you could read if you read 20 pages a day? It's the power of 20 minutes. Everybody say 20 minutes. So when you think about the new practices of your life, I want you to think about, look, don't go crazy. Just put in 20 minutes. And you're going to see. You're going to see how you change. Some people go to the gym, first day they go to the gym, they try to lift 900 pounds, they, 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 uh, they, they tear a muscle, and they're in the hospital for one week, they're in surgery, and then they're in rehab for six weeks. That's not the way to do it. Okay? How many pounds did I say just now? Nine. Nine, nine. How about nine or ten pounds? Okay? 
So people say, how much do you work out? I say, I just do my 20-minute grandpa workouts. I just don't want to hurt. Just 20 little, little, and God will make you stronger. How many believe if you do little as much when God is in it, right? Look, I know I've been super personal. I'm sorry about that today. But uh, this is so real to me. And I have a very personal illustration. And I'm going to give you this illustration. And I'm going to say up front, I want you to be nice. Okay? Be nice. So, so when we start thinking about the Becoming School, which we just announced, I said, you know what, Lord, I want to take an online class that... I've never done anything like this before, and I want to take an online class because I want to experience learning online. And so I found an art class, a painting class, and they actually do oil paint. And I started, and honestly, um, uh, I have done what, sh what should have taken three months, it's taken me a year because of my schedule. I, I don't have time to be, you know, like Picasso and all that kind of stuff. So, but I want to I wanna be nice. All right, don't be. <laughs> Josh, make sure that they're nice over there, okay? So look, here's how you start in this class. You see that right there? Okay, just, they say, make these squares and keep it in the squares. And I couldn't even keep it in the squares. I was like, you got to be kidding me. How could this be? Like, so you start in the squares. Then th that's assignment number one, okay? So... You should be cheering right now for these squares, but I'm not, no, 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 no. It's, it wasn't in your heart to do it, okay? So then over here, then these, these are called gradients, and they're trying to teach you how to blend colors, okay? And this was sloppy too. The crazy thing is, is they have this board where the students who do really well, they put it on the board. I just want you to know, so far, I've never gotten on the board, okay? So, so then... But fast forward, you're going, and then like, here's kind of how they teach you. So then they, they have you do this outline, and there's a gray scale, this dark and light. Here's the, the, the colors and all this. So then it's this, and then there's this, and then you end up with something. And I didn't get a good grade on it, so be nice. But, but go ahead and put up the next one, and then it's this. So, I know Listen, don't even try it now. Listen, you, you sound like my wife. She goes, that's very good, Al. No, but I thought I would show you this one uh, um, because I thought this was kind of funny, right? So listen, so listen, I thought to myself, if I show this, somebody's going to go home and say, that's it. I can't listen to this guy. He's home painting bunnies. That's what this guy does with his time. Okay, he paints bunnies. Well, listen, listen, I want to be able to paint a really nice bunny for my granddaughter. Yeah. Right? And so guess what you have to do? Practice. Everybody say 20 minutes. What do you want to do? God is with you. The teacher's with you. I'm telling you right now, 20 minutes, 20 minute walk. 20 minutes of reading, 20 minutes of, of, of cooking, whatever it is, whatever skill, you and the Holy Spirit, he will help you. He will show you. 
He will change you and transform you. Anybody here say amen to that? How many know God is able? Now, and we're almost, we're almost done here, but for skills, 20 minutes, but for life, for spiritual things, for emotional, relational things, here's the way I want to help you think. I want you to think more about 20 moments. Okay? If, if relationally speaking, you've messed things up, you can't fix it in one talk. But let me tell you something. Yielding, praying, saying help us, there can be 20 moments, and each moment will build. 20 I love yous, 20 times, let's take a couple never prayed together. You could be like, like cats and dogs, right? But 20 times, just pray. Read two verses, and you pray together. What would happen in your house if you prayed in your house together 20 times in a row? 20 moments right? How do you build a relationship? A relationship is the, it's moments. You understand? Moments build depth. Do you know how many, how many, I can't even tell you all of the hours that I've spoken to Brother Mike, but in the beginning it was a, hey Al, how you doing? And good. And hey Al, can I pray for you? He prayed for me. And that was good. That was moment number one. But now he could speak to so deeply into my life. And all of us, we should, we should be surrounded by people, truth, the kingdom of God, and we're developing our relationships. How do you develop a relationship? Just moments. Simple things that the Spirit will show you. And little by little. So, look, I want to put this picture back up. Go to the first one. So, look, when you think about the things that you really desire for in life, think this. Okay? And, Philly, think I, I just, just one moment, just one step. Do, don't try to do the great thing. Do the little thing. For someone today, it might be, I want you to dial that phone. Dial the phone. You don't have to spend four hours on the call, but say, hey, I just wanted to call you. And I wanted to have a, a moment. Maybe it could say, and I just want you to, I don't expect you to reply. I just want to say, I'm sorry. You know, or someone needs to go home. And you know what you need to do? You need to call a friend, depending on what your issue is. Somebody might need, I've seen a lot of people do this. Go home. Somebody's going to go with a bag and stand, say, stand with me. This will take 10 minutes. And you're going to take all that alcohol and put it in the thing. And say, here, take it, throw it out. Ten, that's the step. One step at a time. Do you know that whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through, the Holy Spirit is right there. And if you lean on the Holy Spirit, he will teach you. He will show you. You will learn it and live it. Revelation comes in the acts of obedience where you say a little yes today and a little yes tomorrow brings about absolutely powerful transformation. Anybody thankful that it's step by step with Jesus? Anybody thankful that he really is the friend that sticks closer than a brother? Hallelujah. 
so we put things, we put God's too wonderful. Is anything too hard for God? Is anything too wonderful for God to do? Is anything too wonderful? I ended up preaching that message because Brother Mike quoted that to me, by the way. Okay? So that's how that message came here. He, he quoted that to me. You see? And so we all need to be surrounded. If your eyes are open, if you could perceive it, right? Look, God wants to coach us. And when he shows it, step by step, step by step.